This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz. On the Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome. This is FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Gun Owners Radio. Hey, folks. California's assault weapon law makes it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What is the solution, Cali Key? It'll convert any mil spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution, no milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Hey, if you have legal matters that involve anything gun-related, you need a lawyer, and we recommend you call Dylan Law Group. John Dillon is a great attorney. He'll handle red flag law issues, gun registration, gun transportation, storage. Maybe you're getting a gift from uh, a family member. You don't move an inch until you've talked to John Dillon. 760-642-7150. 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at DillonLawGP.com. That's DillonLawGP.com. Trust me, let John Dillon do the gunning for you. All right, Mr. Schwartz, how are you today? Fantastic. You know, Cali Key and Dylan Law Group are both uh, sponsors, table sponsors at Gun Prom. Absolutely. And that thing's still rocking and rolling and yes, we're ready to roll. August 15th, gunprom.com. Still have seats available. All right, go for it. And uh, Joe, how are you today? Having a wonderful day here. It's uh, just a great day. Wonderful in day in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. So we, you got some testy stuff for this uh this show of course i do that was the agreement right? all right you're the, on top of it so who you got for a guest on this first segment so last week we spoke with gary brennan about ab 3030 and uh, i wanted to go into that a little bit more so we have wayne kato from cca which is the coastal conservation association mm. now wayne are you there how you guys doing today good man how are you excellent great to stay great to be on the show dave joe and michael wayne is the hardest working activist i've ever met in my life uh, and he, oh, uh, that's, that's well, big news from you, sir. <laughs> compared to what he normally says. Right. Right. <laughs> and his, the, uh, the CCA, the coastal conservation association is, uh, it's, it's funny. We sat down and had breakfast a few years ago to talk about our, our organizations and what we're doing. And it's basically the same thing, uh, except he's concentrating on, on anglers and we're concentrating on gun owners. And we have a lot of the same friends, and we have a lot of the same enemies, and uh, we do a lot of the same types of activities. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, why don't you tell them a little bit about CCA real quick before we get into AB 3030? Yeah, Coastal Conservation Association. It started in Texas 40-something years ago, and it's all about uh, saltwater angling rights. And we are now in 19 states. We have over 240 local chapters. Uh, we started in California in 2015. We now have six chapters in Southern California, and we're working our way through the rest of the state. 
Um, we have almost 3,000 members, active members now in the state, and we're growing. Uh, and we do everything. We do everything from fishing advocacy rights. We work on the hatchery program for white sea bass uh, down here in, in San Diego. Um, and we do uh, hatchery work. And we do artificial reefs when we can. We're trying to work on habitat right now. Um, but, you know, in this state, as, as you guys well know, uh, we're always working to advocate for our, for our members because it's never-ending at all levels of government, it seems. So that's what we are always working on. And they always have to every. I've been to uh, a couple of their functions. They always have delicious fish on the menu, which is awesome. <laughs> I love you it. Fish, Michael. <clears throat> I, you know, uh, I do some uh, freshwater uh, back when you know back in Wisconsin on vacation a little bit. Oh well, of course. I don't do near enough out here. You know, we have the best uh, in the nation. We have the best largemouth bass fishing. I know. in the nation in San Diego, and I don't. I don't get out there near. And we got enough. great bass competitions. We got some great anglers that are world-renowned just out of this area but i i eat the sushi that wayne gives me really well i'm really good at that <laughs> well and don't forget the kayak fishing too because the uh yeah, the kayak joe, fishing off of the coast is outstanding yeah do joe that. does that what kind of fishing do you do yeah. kayak fishing but i mean what do you what, like what do you what do you <laughs> pull um, out of there Amberjack anything or? he can hook he used to start out with yellowtail and bonita and, and the bigger fish and then got smarter and went into the kelps and now it's mostly sheephead oh wow okay. but i catch a lot of those yeah all right. Well, Wayne, talk about AB 3030. I really wanted you to go into that. Gary did a, a really good job, but I wanted to get it from a little bit different angle. So tell us what's going on. So AB 3030 is a, is a bill that's actually started on the international level, and they're trying to get 30% of the land, water, and ocean protected by 2030. Um, this started on an international level and has worked itself into the states. California is the first state they tried to put a bill in called AB 3030. Um, there's a couple others. One was a resolution in Illinois, and the, there's another bill in uh, South Carolina right now. But here's the problem with what's going on in California. Us, our, us, us as conservationists on the hunting and recreational outdoor fishing side aren't against biodiversity. We're not against, against, we're not against ecosystems. We're, we're, we started the conservation movement. But what they've done is they've hijacked this movement, mm. uh, especially in California, the bill they introduced is so ambiguous, that, and the bill sponsors are so um, uh, not treating this with the greatest of care. Uh, how I mean that is that they can't explain the bill itself. They can't explain what they want to protect. They can't tell you how they want to protect. They can't tell you how, what is protected and what needs to be protected. They can't tell you how they're going to pay for this. Now, we've been through this before. In 1999, we had what we called the MLPA, the Marine Life Protection Act. And we had the same conversations of, uh, of protection. And they talked to us and said, don't worry about it. We're going to allow uh, consumptive use within the areas. Uh, but we want to make sure that it's there for the future. And we all kind of went, okay, that's a great idea. And what did they do? They implemented these marine protected areas. That took up 16% of our inshore waters and locked, it, locked the fishermen out of them. Mm. That 16%, it represents 50% of the usable inshore water, the best places that we could go fishing. And now they're claiming that we will never be able to get back in there. So the problem that you have is maybe the bill sponsors and the people that are doing the legislation may have one intent, but when you get to implementation, it's a whole different group 
and it's a whole different set of rules that they apply. Well, and that, so we don't trust them. Yeah, but that's the you just that the last thing you said. We don't trust them is always it's always the problem. You know, uh, it, it, the first thing you said was that hey, they're looking to protect certain areas. And, that's and, a four letter word. And everybody thinks, mm-hmm. well, yeah, let's protect. You know, I want to protect. You want to protect. I mean, uh, CCA wants to protect. Everybody wants to protect. But then when we try to work with them and say, and this goes for guns, this goes for fishing, this gets across the board. We try to work with them and say okay great let's let's compromise let's come up with something we both agree with they stab us in the back sure they stab us they're not looking to protect they're looking to take away that's and, all they're doing so what do we do how do we find how, how can we help how can we help because we're so getting what we're close doing to is end. we've got a huge coalition guys we've reached out not only to the fishing side which is our groups but we've reached out to the hunting and shooting community we've reached out to the all recreation outdoor recreation groups we've reached out to this greater coalition you guys need to Look at this bill a little bit closer. Land, water, and ocean means it can go after anything and everything. Anybody who does any kind of recreational, out, outdoor recreation is in trouble here. They could shut down all of our off-road, all your mountain biking, all your trails. They can shut down the rivers, the lakes, the waterfowl, all of it. There's nothing in there to limit what they can go after. And if you've watched what they've done all along the way between the terrestrial side and the ocean side, they want to lock us out. And so we've gone and got this huge coalition going. Um, We've included agriculture, farming, housing, builders, wind farm because of the wind farm uh, propositions. If they go and buy up all the land and not allow the wind farming, what are we going to do for that renewable energy that they have to hit by 2032? We got the U.S. Navy involved through, through our SAC uh, relationship and our San Diego business owners. Why? Because the port and the Navy have to have certain ways yeah, to be able to a, use the they're water. They're a big part of it, of course. They're in trouble with yeah. this. Yeah. So where, where do we go? So where, do they, we go? where do our listeners go to read more about What's your website or where can they read more about this? Right, okay. Our website is www.ccacalifornia.org. Okay, we have a petition drive up there. We have a write your senator it's really simple. The letter's pre-written. You just put your name, your email, and your zip code so we know what senator to send it to, and it can go. If you want to change the letter, you can do that. But it's pre-written if you want to let it go. Make it Can't easy. Be simpler. Awesome. All right, yeah, Wayne from CCA, Coastal Conservation Association, California. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, Wayne. Thank you, guys. All right, bud. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick Bye. break. When we come back, a whole lot more right here on Gun Owners Radio. This is FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. The answer. All right. Hey, uh, what's the best defense for self-defense in those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Mike and I and Joe use them. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program to lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for the firearms owner. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com or 469 410-9100, 469-310-9100. Hey, do you know home 
mortgage interest rates have dropped, and if you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're just considering a reverse mortgage, call the local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage for nearly 25 years. Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine. All right, Mike, who you got as a guest this time? Very exciting guest. We've had her on before. She was so good we wanted to have her uh, back. Antonia Okafer, she's she works for, she's actually the director of outreach for uh, Gun Owners of America and uh, she's actually a fantastic guest. We had her... uh, well, I don't know, a few months ago, and uh, she's uh, extremely active in the uh, 2A world, and uh, uh, especially when it comes to reaching out to folks on campus, um, you know, when it comes to their Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. She was really the one that started that, wasn't she? And was that in Texas? One of them. One of them, the Empowered 2A, yeah, which is extremely important. You know, we just had, uh, so we just had a, uh, people are going to learn about guns in general is extremely important, We are, obviously. We, we uh, just had a, our second shooting social in, 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 in a week um, over the weekend. It was actually a, a private group contacted us and said, hey, we want to have a shooting social. We want to learn how to shoot. So we motivated all our all our uh, mentors, and they we got like twenty of them. They said, "Yeah, we're ready to go." And then the group actually pulled out and said, "Up, oh, you know what? We can't quite pull it together. We're so sorry. We'll have to reschedule." So on Monday, we decided, "All right, well, what should we do? Should we cancel it or should we open it up?" We put out an email saying, "Hey, does anybody, if anybody's interested, new gun owners, if you're interested in learning how to shoot, we have the shooting social set up on Saturday." Within an hour and a half, it filled up. Within an hour and a half, we sent out one email. In an hour and a half, the whole thing filled up. So I know this is something that's extremely interesting, interested uh, or interesting to people that are especially young folks, um, which is why we wanted to have Antonio Oakford come back on and uh, talk to us. She's the director of outreach and the national spokesperson for Gun Owners of America. Antonio, are you there? I'm here. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I was How just are you doing? great. We're doing great. We were just talking about. Uh, so uh, I work for an organization called San Diego County Gun Owners, and we do educational shooting socials where we take people who've never shot before and we pair them up with an experienced uh, uh, gun owner, and they just give them a nice, uh, safe first time shooting experience. And we just we we filled one up in an hour and a half. We sent an email out and filled one up in an hour and a half, and uh, we actually wow. now have a waiting list. We fill we have five more. Uh, or four more scheduled. This will be the fifth in like six weeks, but it's it's something top of mind for everybody. And uh, there were pe- the, the youngest we had there; she was twenty years old, and then all the way up to you know some some grandparents that were there and everything in between. Um, but I wanted to talk about last time you were on. You went in a little bit and talked a little bit about Empowered Two A, the Empowered Two A move, movement that you started. And I wanted you to uh, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, so probably the last time actually we talked about, it's been a while, um, Power 2A, um, believe we brought, we debuted it as the college student organization for GOA. Um, but we're actually going to be re- not essentially rebranding, but essentially putting a different demographic where we're just, uh, we had a lot of requests from women of all ages who really wanted to be a part of Empower 2A. And so we are actually going to be debuting. Um, it as the women's organization, the women's outreach organization for GOA. Um, and then we'll have another organization that is focused on student outreach. So um, it's, it's a lot of the big changes that are going on, but a lot of exciting changes. And I think 
it's going to um, be better for the de- different demographics where we can have all women on one side and talk about empowerment and, and et cetera, but then also to, uh, have a, a specific college and high school group that's for students, male and female, um, on college campuses. So um, and, I think it's going to be a really good mix. And this is all under the umbrella of Gun Owners of America? Yes, all, all, all under GOA. Yeah, all GOA is, GOA is wonderful. <laughs> and, you know, GOA, Gun Owners of America, and Gun Owners of California – um, basically, the you know uh, two two I guess accurate to call them sister organizations. They're you know share a lot of the same board members, have the mm-hmm. same founder, do the same things. Just Gun Owners of California just does it on a state level. Fantastic at supporting grassroots. They they actually we, San Diego County Gun Owners actually started under Gun Owners of California and then uh, broke off and became our own organization. But they oh were, okay yeah you know Sam Paredes. Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. Sam, Sam and, his, <laughs> and his daughter were enormously helpful in getting us launched, but they do such a good job of of uh, spawning activism. You know, they—I mean, the real grassroots. This is what it takes to win, kind of activism. Now, what have you guys seen at, at Gun Owners of America um, nationwide with uh, with the uh, everything that's going on with the different uh, demonstrations and riots and everything that's going on with COVID nineteen? Well, what have you guys seen as far as the uninteresting gun ownership? Oh, man, it has exploded for sure in several different ways. Um, like you were talking about, there, people can't get enough of, uh, particularly new gun owners, can't get enough of training and being able to just, you know, get out there and have someone who can help them. But, I mean, what we've seen through COVID is um, not only just new gun owners, but new gun owners that have nothing to do with your quote-unquote, I think media is really the one who puts this as the quote-unquote stereotypical gun owner, but um, essentially they're still on the left, they still vote Democrat or et cetera. Um, They just have this new (laughs) uh, chance of liberty when it comes to uh, the Second Amendment. And so, of course, that's always been available to them, and and a lot of our organizations like Julia are like, okay, you're you're welcome. Um, We've been fighting for your rights, uh, even if you don't understand. I understand or agree with what we're talking about, but I mean, we've had so many people, I, I live in Colorado, um, who are definitely not the typical person when it comes to gun rights, but they appreciate it a lot more now that um, there are people on our side who are willing to help them when it comes to training, when it comes to looking for the right gun. Um, I mean, this has been a lot of uncertain times. So it's been really great to see so many new gun owners. I just hope that they will also vote that way um, come November as yeah, well. And you bring up an interesting point. I, I, I don't know if it's, you know, I'm high, we're hyper-focused on San Diego and, and Southern California and Orange mm-hmm. County. and. I don't know what a typical gun owner is anymore. Um, you know, right. I mean, there's a, there's a, I guess there's a stereotype that the, the anti Second Amendment folks like to push. But when I look across, you know, our events, um, I, I see people all walks of life, all ages, men and women. Um, I don't know what a typical gun owner is anymore. It's funny when I look at the opposition. Uh, if we go to like a city council meeting and they have, you know, 15 or 20 people, you know, trying to ban guns or whatever. When I look at the opposition, they all look very similar to each other with very similar high net worth mm-hmm. backgrounds, <laughs> you know. But our side, right. I, I I don't know what a typical gun owner is anymore. Do you think that stereotype is is kind of I, I think it's it's gone the way of the dodo. 
Right. Well, I mean, they are fighting tooth and nail in order to keep that stereotype. They want it to be a divisive, uh, you know, a right, a human right, even though it is it's a human right and it's protected through the Constitution. But, I mean, really, anyone, even, you know, Second Amendment is for everyone, even the ones we don't like, even the ones that say things that we don't like <laughs> um, are, you know, are, that is available to them. And it's so important, I think, right now, even more so, like you were saying about um, what's going on. I mean, we've seen people who black or white or um, what have you, where, you know, the media just can't, they try to, but they really can't cover that stuff up of um, people of all different backgrounds who are using their Second Amendment and um, exercising that Second Amendment in order to protect their businesses, in order to protect their loved ones, in order to protect their home and property. So uh, we're seeing, and again, I mean, we can talk about what happened in St. Louis, um, where, you know, they're Democrats, right? Yeah, <laughs> they like were. That. So right. You're talking about the, the with that. you're talking about the guy in the yeah. pink shirt with the AR and the other uh, lady. Is that, that right? Yeah. Right. Again, I mean, probably not the best uh, picture of gun handling and safety um, there. Um, but again, it just goes to show that it's always been something. I mean, we've lost the Democrats. Essentially, they want us to believe that Democrats, for example, are no longer the blue dog Democrats who really did believe in their Second Amendment rights and stuff like that. And I think it's just been polar people who've tried to polarize uh, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, et cetera, where if you're on one side, you can't you know, you can't be pro gun. And just a lot of people are just, you know, bucking that stereotype and, and, and not only bucking it, but helping other people join in and feel invited. Well, I just, um, just, I think that's the biggest thing. just two weeks ago, I had, uh, there are two uh, ladies who are uh, very active with uh, some of the protests that, that uh, people, mm-hmm. well, some of the black lives matters protests reach out to me and said, Hey, you know what? We want to be able to defend ourselves if, if anything happens. And, um, you know, we need to know, uh, we want to do it right. We want to do it properly. We want to learn how to do it. And I, I hooked them up with, with, a you know, on how to, with a, with a gun shop that helped them out and got them some training. I don't think there's a, a, a typical or a stereotypical gun owner anymore. I think it's totally gone the way of, uh, it's gone, you know, that, that's, right. Right. but Antonio, we have to actually go to a break. Do you mind hanging out with us for another segment? Can you hang in there and, and uh, talk with us for another segment? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Well, thousands of pandemic panic buyers just found out what San Diego shooters already knew. A.O. Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. A.O. Sword has hundreds of different new and used guns and everything you could want for an AR-15. Whether you're looking for the latest competition rifle, combat pistol, or collectible cowboy iron, you'll find it all at AO Sword. They are also professional gunsmiths with a full machine shop. They can clean, repair, upgrade, or even customize your gun, including Cerakote. AO Sword Firearms is at 929 East Main Street uh, in El Cajon, just off Mollison. Best of all, they are friendly, informed, and actively support your rights. See for yourself with their legal and technical updates on Facebook, 
Check out AOSword.com or just call them at 619-749-4867. All right, we're going to go back to our guest, Antonio Acapor. How are you doing, Antonio? I'm doing well. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thanks for staying with us. Hey, what do you think of that term, uh, panic buyers, when, when they're talking about the, you know, when, when COVID started in late March and, you know, everything that's going on, they, they started, you know, there was this huge influx of, of uh, firearms being purchased just in San Diego. San Diego County is 3.4 million people, something like that, 3.5 million people. And in one month, uh, the month of April, 70,000 firearms were purchased. Um, which is enormous for San Diego. And what do you think about the term panic buyer? Ooh, a panic buyer. Well, I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't want to say it's in panic, but that's why we have this human right. And that's why we have, you know, the Second Amendment is for situations like this where the government is being tyrannical and keeping people from, uh, whether that's getting, you know, safety classes or even getting guns because of, you know, NICs and, and et cetera, there are a huge backlog, a long back backlog of people who, regardless of the state that they were in, where they weren't able to purchase their firearm and get it um, in a timely manner. So there are people who weren't able to not only find the firearm in the in the timely manner that they needed, but when they did go to the gun stores, like in California, right, the 10-day waiting period, et cetera, yeah. um, they were waiting way longer than even that. So uh, panic, the only reason there would be panic, and that is kind of what the, there was, is because of how the government was keeping so many people from exercising that right when we particularly needed it and but that's what that the, you know that's what the second amendment is really there for is for situations like this when we we need to be able to fight back yeah and i i mean i think it was a calculated decision these weren't people that that made a uh you know a, it wasn't truly a panic purchase purchase it was a, a calculated right. decision this is something that maybe was on their mind for a while but that was a true catalyst because they uh truly started feeling threatened I, I one of my neighbors he and his wife came over and said hey you know we just purchased this firearm this is our first firearm and uh you know we did it because uh, there were actually demonstrations in uh, in our little town the little town i live in here in san diego it was, was kind of crazy and they were they were um they were concerned they weren't panicked they were making a calculated decision um, but they definitely right. needed some more uh you know training and information we're getting them that training and uh, they were actually at our shooting social over the weekend um learning uh, just yesterday as a matter of fact um, we're talking to Antonia Okfer. She's the Director of Outreach and National Spokesperson for Gun Owners of America. We have a guest in the studio. He's one of our members for San Diego County Gun Owners, extremely hardworking activist, uh, Colin, and he had a question for you. Okay. Hi there, Antonia. I really appreciate you talking with us today. You've been able to achieve so much in the outreach and uh, getting new people to get interested in gun sports and the shooting culture itself. I just wanted to ask you, what did you think is uh, one of the best ways to reach out to new gun owners, and what have you found to be really successful? Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, man, I think this has been an incredible time to, you know, to reach out to new gun owners on because there's millions more of them. Um, but there are more people who are actively um, seeking firearms who are, again, not the typical person that media wants you know you to believe. And so I think it's so important that we're open-minded. I remember just a few years ago where I was the FA gun, right? Like 2015, 2016, um, to who I am today. So you just have to remember that um, you are, you could be that person and you could be also have, 
the aspect of talking to someone who might not, you know, agree with you in any other way, politically or whatever. Um, but that little hope or that little nugget of being able to um, understand liberty is what can get you from that point where they might be completely shut off in every other way of the liberty aspect of things and understanding what that means for them as a human being um, to using the Second Amendment to get them to the place where they understand liberty in a whole different context. So I think the Second Amendment is a great way to essentially be that catalyst of um, that relationship, that bridge to the quote-unquote other side that will help them in, in an immense other amount of ways as well to understand liberty. I think we have, I, I like to say we have two enormous advantages. One is it's a lot more fun to shoot a gun than it is to ban a gun. So just uh, just getting people right. out <laughs> on the range and saying, hey, look at how cool this is. Um, and our exactly. other <laughs> our other big advantage is we're right. So that, that gives us an enormous advantage over right. the, <laughs> the opposition. Is that we're the ones that are right. We're correct. (laughs) Absolutely, we are. And and again, it has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with that. And that's what the anti-gun side is so afraid of, is that people are going to understand that, that it's a human right and that that terrifies them. So um, I I think that's what we need to put on the forefront, is that this Second Amendment is really for everyone. Well, we, we like to tell, of course, we want people to be members of San Diego County Gun Owners, of course, but there are a number of groups that people in California need to be a member of, and one of them is definitely Gun Owners of America, Gun Owners of California. Um, what is there a particular uh, spot on your website that you want to uh, highlight that has some good resources, or you know, after they hear you uh, uh, in the interview today, and and I just love listening to you talk. You're so articulate. I you know, I, I was preparing for the interview today, and I. Um, just really enjoy um, your interviews. But where would you like them to go? Is there a particular thing you want to draw attention to on Gun Owners of America's website? Yeah, so uh, like I was talking about those two outreach programs, so we're going to have two landing pages essentially to kind of re-debut Empower 2A and Frontlines, which is going to be our student organization outreach group. So if you go to gunowners.org backslash frontlines, or gunowners.org backslash empower2a in the next week or so um, those those pages will be live and you'll be able to get more information on our launch so just be looking out for that it's coming soon but be looking out for that in the, in the next few weeks awesome and what do you, what do you, what is gun owners of america doing as far as the election that's coming up in in november i'm not even sure if you're if you're, if you're allowed to talk about that but is there any <laughs> insight you can give us or anything in particular uh, that you can talk about uh, from the uh, from gun owners of america's perspective yeah, well, you know, we're we're all over the place when it comes down to the state side and nationally. So we've we've always been endorsing true pro Second Amendment people, um, and we've had a, you know primaries. What we had in Texas, um, which most of our people that we endorse won. So um, on the presidential side, I definitely cannot give any definitive answers on that. I don't make those decisions, um, but from what I have been able to say is that we are definitely looking more on the side of rating um, the presidential nominees and, and, and being able to help people be have an informed decision of who is really for your, you know, your second amendment and, and protecting um, that right. So that's going to be, that's probably the most PC answer I can give you. But the important part is, sure, the important part is Gunners America does endorse. You guys are going to produce a, 
a voter guide so that people know nationally uh, uh, who, who they should vote for in order to protect right. their Second Amendment rights. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And of course, <laughs> everybody should become a member of Gun Owners of America, right? Absolutely. You definitely should. You should go to gunowners.org and become a member. We're actually doing a lot of really big pushes. Uh, we have amazing people on staff who are helping us with our new membership. Like I said, we have two organizations just alone coming up soon. Um, but yeah, there's actually for new members, there's a new patch that they have for GOA. So I would, I mean, patches, who doesn't love a good patch? Everybody loves so patches. I know, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. especially now. <laughs> so, what's the what's been the best thing you've you've been uh, working with Gun Owners of America for a couple of years now? And, and again, you you were just saying earlier that 2014, 2015 weren't really a Second Amendment supporter, um, but you've gone through a, uh, a a change and you've jumped in, you know, both feet, and now you're actually working for one of the most effective and biggest uh, gun rights organizations in the nation. What's what's something that you've been really um, surprised about or pleasantly surprised about working for Gun Owners of America? I would say the people. It, I, I think especially now, right now, a lot of people are looking at the gun world and looking at the people who lead it. And I've been so blessed to be a part of an organization where the lead people are, you know, they've been here for years doing the work, you know, looking at every dollar, like every, for those who, you know, wonder where your money is going, every single dollar is going towards the grassroots effort, um, whether that's helping with, uh, you know, the legal side of things or the foundation or outreach or, or what have you, everything that you guys are putting in really is uh, scrutinized and, and going back towards protecting your rights. And so it's been great to just have these God-fearing men and women who have been a part of GOA since the beginning, and they're just bringing in younger people like us um, to kind of, you know, continue the legacy. And so it's been a great, great, great uh, experience to be able to be a part of what's going on with GOA from here on out because well, there's only going to be great things going well, forward. Well, that's awesome. You know, your founder, H.L. Richardson, right, was uh, was a California politician. And uh, that mm-hmm. just shows that California has a great Second Amendment past. And if we have anything to say about it, we have a great Second Amendment future. And especially with people Absolutely. like Antonia, I appreciate everything you've done, everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. Again, Gun Owners of America, check them out, become a member, and support their great work as well. Thank you so much for coming on and join, joining our uh, conversation here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Rich. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961. AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Well, what's the best defense for self-defense in those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Mike and I use them. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for the firearms owner. Talk to the good folks at Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com. Or call 469-310-9100. 
469-310-9100. Firearmslegal.com. Gun owners, be ready with a lawyer in your corner. The segment brought to you by The Gun Range San Diego, 7853 Balboa Avenue in San Diego, Sunday through Thursday, 10 to 7, and 10 to 10, Friday and Saturday. Go to TheGunRangeSanDiego.com, find out all the latest updates, and right now we've got our special guest, Jason Stevens, on the line. How you doing, bud? Hey, doing fine. How are you, Dave? Ah, uh, you know, living the dream. Are you working today? Yep, I'm here, as usual. How's biz? <laughs> Business is uh, very, very busy. It's a very busy day. Well, that's good. Anything exciting uh, going on down at the gun range, San Diego? Got anything uh, new coming in? Guns, some more guns came in. We actually did receive some a uh, good handful of Glocks the other day, but the problem is they just they went so fast, they uh, they were all gone by the end of the day. You know what I'm Good hearing? Block. I heard from uh, from one of your uh, uh, from well from another gun shop. I was going to say a sister shop. Yeah. It's not a sister shop. A little bit of a competitor, but we're all friends here. But another shop was telling me that it's the manufacturers. Uh, the feedback from them is that they're actually having a hard time getting the raw materials. Are you hearing the same thing? You know, I haven't heard that yet. Um, I haven't really spoke to any reps except for uh, I did speak to somebody from HK the other day, but I haven't heard anything about raw materials uh, being you know low or anything like that. Mostly, what I've heard is uh, is that they're just they're having problems getting employees in because of you know COVID quarantining th- that kind of thing, and uh, just getting around laws that that prevent them from from working. That's what I've heard. And so, so you got some Glocks in. What what, what was your what was it like? How many how, how many did you get? And what was the model? Well, we got we got two or three of each. We got a Glock 22, which is a full size 40 caliber pistol. A Glock 23, which is a compact, uh, compact size 40 caliber pistol. We had a Glock 27, which is the subcompact version of that 40 caliber pistol. And then we got a Glock 26, which is the same as the 27. It's a subcompact pistol, but it's a nine millimeter. And all of them sold, uh, all of them sold within 24 hours. And what, what, what is that like? Is it people people just coming in, or do you guys put the word out, or do you even have to well, put the word out? You know, we almost we almost don't have to. They sell themselves, but we do still put the word out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we typically put out some kind of social media blast saying that, you know, we've got these guns in. There are only so many. Come on by and get them before they run out, and and they do run out. So pro tip, everybody listening, if you're – if you are a friend or looking for a, for a gun and you're wondering what shop is is uh, stocked up currently, you got to go follow their Facebook page or their Instagram, and they'll they'll put that right out. Because you guys, as soon as the inventory comes in, you guys uh, put the word out, huh? That's right. As soon as they're in there. And what about ammunition? Um, I we uh, it's like bone dry. Are you guys able to? you know uh, get any kind of shipments, or I mean, are, are people just still com- continuing to hoard the ammo, or? You know, yeah, you know, we we have to ration it, and it still runs out. Uh, if we do get nine millimeter, forty caliber, you know, forty-five, nine mil and forty-five are the two rounds that everybody wants, everybody needs right now. And even though we're having to ration, just to make sure, you know, somebody doesn't scoop up, you know, two thousand just for themselves, uh, we still run out. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Wow. Now, what about revolvers? You have some revolvers in stock. Do my favorite Smith and Wessons uh, model sixties, which is like the J frame. That's the real small snub nose ones. Uh, model six eighty sixes, which are like the standard kind of six round, seven round, sometimes eight round, uh, four inch and six inch barrel revolvers. A buddy all of mine, seven magnum. All a buddy of mine is looking for a compact. Uh, he's looking for a revolver for his CCW. 
Um, he, he wants a he wants a laser on a revolver, and he wants it to be three fifty seven. What what do you recommend if he's gonna uh, if he's if he's gonna CCW that? What do you recommend to get a laser on a revolver? You're gonna have to get the Crimson Trace brand grips. Uh, they're a little expensive, two hundred to three hundred dollars typically, but they're the best laser you can get. Probably one of the better accessories you can buy for a revolver. Uh, Crimson Trace grips. They put the they put the laser. They work the laser straight into the grip, which is also super comfortable and absorbs a good amount of the recoil. So definitely, that's that's what he's going to be looking at. And a, and a J frame, you said. Yeah, J frame. That's just like the term for the smaller the smallest size that they make. That's those like snub nose chief special kind of things. The nice. smaller, usually five-round revolvers. So if somebody buys a five-round J-frame, Smith & Wesson mm-hmm. J-frame, and puts some uh, Crimson Trace uh, uh, grips on it with the laser, uh-huh. uh, what are they, what, what are they uh, ballpark, they're walking out of the store spending how much? You know, a decent Smith & Wesson revolver. It's going to be right around, you know, nine, it's going to be right around like anywhere between 850 to 1000 for that. That's not bad. going to walk out with a really, really, really nice gun. The gun's going to outlive everybody <laughs> it's, it's going to become a family heirloom they, they just they last forever and ever and ever uh parts on a revolver don't wear down the same way as they do on a semi-pistol on a semi-auto pistol so they typically last a very long time i i myself i had a smith and wesson model 1917 revolver from the year 1918 it still functioned perfectly well uh in 45 acp so the thing will out it, it becomes a family heirloom those revolvers. Wow. And is the, are the J-frames, are they hammerless? Or do they still have hammers? Or, or? Some, are, some, have a, some are hammerless. Some have exposed hammers. Um, for concealed, if you have a concealed carry license, I'm always going to recommend you get you know, a Model 638, a Model 640, something with a concealed hammer, 442, 642. Uh, me, myself, I kind of actually prefer having the hammer. Uh, the Model 36, the Model 60, those are my favorite. And if somebody came in and said, ah, I don't really know. I mean, they're really, it, you're kind of limited in, in California. I mean, there really is like four mm-hmm. uh, semi-automatics that you can truly get, that you can truly carry concealed. Now, I carry a 19, mm-hmm. um, which is a compact. It's not Perfect. a subcompact, and I love it. But a lot mm-hmm. of people are looking for something even smaller oh, yeah. than a 19 these days. And you're, you're really, you're looking, I mean, it's like a handful of guns. It's like a, a Glock 26 and a shield and a... But if they come in and they say, "Yeah, I don't really know if I want to do a you know a, a semi-auto," um, you know, I'm thinking about a revolver. You know, what's your opinion as far as that as a as a choice for a, a CCW carry everyday gun? You know, revolver. Uh, it it comes down to preference. Revolvers. Uh, the thing about revolvers is that they are more difficult. To, they do require a lot more trigger discipline to use correctly. However, uh, if you take any revolver. With say uh, the same inch barrel as a, as a semi pistol, the revolver will typically always shoot better because revolvers have a fixed barrel. Uh, although the capacity is lower and they do take a little longer to load, you know, once you get that down, um, it's kind of a more of a it's just more of a preference thing. Some people really do just shoot better with revolvers. Some some just shoot better with pistols. I like revolvers a lot, so I prefer a revolver. That's an interesting point. I never thought about that. The the revolvers have a, a fixed barrel. Talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they have fixed barrels. Yeah, they are. so a semi-auto pistol, most semi-auto pistols have a barrel that reciprocates in and out of the slide as the gun fires. As the slide comes back, the barrel unlinks from the slide, the grooves and the, the, the little notches, the lugs they're called in the slide. Uh, the slide comes back, the barrel dislodges, um, and when the slide comes forward back into battery to load the next round, it locks that barrel back into firing position. Um, 
it's still very, very, very accurate. Um, but there's always the tiniest, tiniest little variable of inconsistency. So if you take any, pretty much any revolver with the same barrel length, if you're shooting it, you know, same way, same person, all that stuff, good technique, the revolver will typically shoot a tighter group uh, just because that barrel doesn't move at all whatsoever. That's it. I never thought about that. Joe, I didn't even, yeah, cool. what's your experience shooting your revolver compared to your semi-auto? Um, no, my revolvers shoot really well. The uh, Well, because I've got the, the uh, Ruger, the GP100. And um, nice. I had a chance uh, just this week to shoot my neighbor's um, Colt Python. Oh, from 1979. I thought you were going to say dog for a second. I thought <laughs> my neighbors. Oh, Colt Python. Okay, but um, Python is worth that. But oh, yeah. yeah, it was very nice. And um, you know, it's interesting because it's it's you know all the original Python stuff, and it's uh, mm-hmm. you know we get used, we get spoiled with these sights nowadays. Because like on my Ruger, I've got a nice bright green fiber optic up there. The rear sight's got a nice big uh, you mm-hmm. know uh, space in it. So for the old guys, so I, I pick that sight up really easily. Um, shooting the Python, you know, it's got a more narrow rear sight and then the front sight is just that black ramp and it's, it's hard to pick up. Um, but, but it shoots wonderfully, but the, um, yeah, I don't know if there's, uh, two, I don't know that I noticed it and it's probably my skill level. Um, and then I don't sit down on the bench really either. And, um, you know, and try to go for a, a tight group and all that stuff, but just shooting them. Um, I don't know. I would have to say the, uh, the uh, revolver actually is now. I think about it, the revolver probably is a little tighter. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. now I know why. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's so close. It's so close that you know in the moment it's not it's not really going to matter. I mean, we're talking we're talking very you know marginally marginally, you know more. And then once you take some you know a specific any one individual's you know skill level with a pistol versus revolver into account, it uh, it can change the entire thing. There are people that shoot you know better with revolvers. Uh, people shoot better with pistols. I, I just, uh, I kind of grew up with revolvers. I kind of got into them first, and that's probably why I shoot a little. I, I tend to shoot a little better with those. That double action trigger, you know, the, the action you have to. Uh, that, uh, geez, how do you say it? Uh, when you fire a revolver, a double action revolver, a lot of people think that you just, you know, some of them like a python. You're supposed to just pull it straight through, but on like on a Ruger or a Smith and Wesson, if you pull it straight through, you're going to get an inconsistent fire uh, shot. You you actually pull it back until it's about to fire, like you're stacking it up. Uh, you pull back to where it's about to drop. You kind of make your fine tuning, and then you complete the pull, and that's how you shoot a, a double action revolver. And once you do, once you figure that out, it just uh, it just it just works for me, anyways. A lot of people still prefer pistol, and I totally understand. Pistol has a lot in much higher capacity. It definitely reloads a lot quicker. Um, nowadays, they're so reliable that you know the you can't even really make the argument that a revolver is more reliable than a pistol nowadays because they're just so everything's so well done now that that argument's kind of invalid. A pistol is still going to be typically the most practical way to go. I just like revolvers because I I like it. I like it when I hit more. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when I do better. There you go. All right, buddy. Well, hey, it's always great having you call in. Your break is over. So go back oh, to work. Man. Sell some guns. That's Gun yes, Range sir. San Diego, folks. Check it out. They're open until 10 o'clock tonight. And the man will be there if you want to go down and give him a hard time. We're going to take a quick break. And we come back a whole lot more right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer.
This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.